Hello and welcome to this edition of Middle East Matters. Coming up, it could throw Iraq's political future into chaos. Lawmakers from the largest bloc in parliament stage a mass resignation at the request of their leader, Shia cleric Muqtada al-Sadr. The move appears certain to prolong the nation's ongoing political crisis. In Syria, a summer drought is making a dire situation even worse. Millions of people are going hungry and facing soaring food prices, in part because of the war in Ukraine. And Lebanon is betting on summer tourism to help alleviate its economic crisis. Officials say they're expecting hundreds of thousands of expats and foreigners to vacation in Beirut and in other places across the country. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. We begin with the uncertainty hanging over Iraq's political future. Followers of the Shiite Muslim firebrand Muqtada al-Sadr resigned en masse this week. The satirist bloc is the largest in parliament. And since an election back in October, parties have been unable to form a government. Yana Lee has the story. It was a reluctant approval. After eight months of political deadlock, Iraq's Speaker of the Parliament has accepted the mass resignation of Muqtada al-Sadr's parliamentary bloc, allowing the country to jump into a new unknown. We have made an honest and sincere effort to discourage His Eminence from taking this step, but he preferred to be a sacrifice and not a crippling burden. For the sake of the country and the people, he decided to proceed with this decision. October's legislative elections resulted in the Sadrists winning the highest number of seats. However, with 73 MPs, they fell far short of a majority, meaning that a coalition was needed to form a government. Political paralysis ensued. They remained what they call a political deadlock, and I call it a deliberate deadlock. Moqtada al-Sadr is a Shiite cleric, staunchly critical of both the U.S. and Iran, and is known for his unpredictable political moves. The mass resignation is to change the makeup of the parliament. Iraqi law stipulates that if an MP resigns, the runner-up inherits their seat. The situation could thus favor Iran-backed Shia parties, the Sadrists' bitter rivals. In Baghdad, residents fear prolonged political uncertainty could result in fresh protests. Al-Sadr left the matter up to the Iraqi people. This means that the protests can return to the streets. And thus, the Iraqi street will be the main controller of the parliament or the next government. With sweltering summer days ahead, frequent power cuts, drought and an impending food crisis, Iraqi lawmakers have vast challenges. For now, an interim prime minister is taking care of day-to-day -day affairs. The International Red Cross says that Iraq has among the highest number of missing people in the world. The discovery of mass graves across the country continues today, and it's a testament to the nation's violent past. Many families of the missing are holding on to hope that their loved ones will be found and identified. Kathy Clifford brings us this report. From the depths of Iraq's soil, past traumas are resurfacing. On this plot of land in Najaf, in the centre of the country, excavators are digging up a vast mass grave, discovered by chance as the land was prepared for construction. Forensic scientists exhume the remains of around 100 people 
victims of an uprising against Saddam Hussein in 1991. The bones are then sent to a laboratory where they are cross-checked with blood samples from relatives of missing persons. Intasar Mohammed is one of them. Her brother disappeared in 1980 under Saddam Hussein. We moved to Syria and told our brother to come with us, but he stayed in Iraq for his studies and said he would join us later. But he never came. After that, my aunt came to Syria and said he had been kidnapped. Since the 1980s, periods of dictatorship and conflict have come one after another in Iraq, each generating more violence and disappearances. The Islamic State group, who were driven out in 2017, also left many mass graves. In the Mosul region alone, some 200 are known of. For many families, the quest for information on missing relatives is a long one. Every day, around 30 families come to us to ask for news of their loved ones. They make formal demands to the courts, which then address their claims. There's a mass grave which, unfortunately, has not been worked on yet. The grave is believed to contain the remains of some 4,000 victims. It's not been exhumed due to a lack of resources and support from politicians. An unbearable situation for this mother. There's not a single place I didn't go in Baghdad. I asked authorities to look him up, but always told he had not been found. We demand that the government returns us our sons. On top of the emotional strain, relatives receive no compensation from the Iraqi state until the remains of a missing person have been identified. The United Nations is calling on Israel to conduct a criminal investigation into the killing of a Palestinian-American journalist. Israeli forces are accused of shooting and killing Shireen Abu Akla as she covered a raid in the occupied West Bank last month. Akla worked for Al Jazeera and was wearing a clearly marked press vest and helmet at the time. Human rights groups have called for an independent investigation into her death. More than half of the population of Syria, or some 12.5 million people, don't have enough to eat. That's according to the World Food Program. Now, with the country in the middle of a summer drought, the situation is becoming even worse. And if that wasn't enough, the war in Ukraine is contributing to soaring food prices. Jenny Shin has the story. Arid lands stretch as far as the eye can see. These fields in northeastern Syria were once part of the country's thriving breadbasket. But two years of severe drought have ravaged its crops. This farmer says it's even difficult to secure bread for his family. I invested all this money and have not had any returns. The crops just went to feeding the sheep. There's not a single grain in these crops that we can process and eat. The agricultural crisis has been largely brought on by climate change, leading to lack of rainfall and compounded by frequent sandstorms, only adding to the woes of war in the country, which has entered its 11th year. With little or no help from the government, many farmers have been forced to abandon their fields. The government price for a kilo of wheat is 2,200 Syrian pounds, which is about half a dollar. It's not enough. It should have been 3,000 pounds at least. The lack of fertile lands is only adding to fears of supply shortages, sparked by the war in Ukraine, as Syria grapples with record high rates of food insecurity and shortages of fuel and water. 
More than 60% of the Syrian population today struggle to put food on the table. Well, it's famous for its beaches, nightlife, mountain resorts, and its cuisine. Lebanon is hoping that summer tourism could give its economy a much-needed boost. Authorities say they're expecting hundreds of thousands of Lebanese expats and tourists to spend the summer in Beirut and in other parts of the country. Celebrating to forget the trying times the past three years have brought, the Lebanese people want to turn over a new leaf. Across the country's tourism sector, professionals have been pouring themselves into gearing up for the new season. The country's not short of assets when it comes to attracting tourists, as well as its world-renowned nightlife. It's also home to crystal-clear waters on its coastline. In this sector, we're all making big investments. The current situation is safe and stable, and we believe many people will come, including Lebanese expats who have been unable to visit for three years because of COVID, and foreigners looking for a beautiful destination with reasonable prices. The country is eagerly awaiting the arrival of both returning expats and foreign tourists. Hoping to attract more visitors, the government has promised transparent prices in hotels and restaurants and a reinforcement of security measures. We're expecting between 10,000 and 12,000 travellers per day to come to Lebanon, which means that over the next three months we'll have over a million people arriving here. It's a much-needed influx of tourists for Lebanon in dire need of cash after three years of unprecedented economic crisis. It began in autumn 2019 and was accentuated by the pandemic and the double explosion in the port of Beirut in August 2020. Today, three-quarters of Lebanese people live in poverty, according to the United Nations. And finally, we're making a stop in Egypt to gaze at the beauty of the whirling dervish. The art form is passed down by generations with younger performers taking great pride in a uniquely Egyptian interpretation of the centuries-old ritual known as tenura, or skirt, in Arabic. The colorful and kaleidoscopic performance is a world away from the UNESCO-listed whirling dervishes of Turkey, which are performed in white robes. Tenura is a spiritual experience infused with love and Sufi music, the melody of the flute and Sufi chants. I only think of God and nothing else. I'm no longer on earth. It's like I'm flying. I can no longer feel my body. It's like I'm flying in the sky. That's it for this edition of Middle East Matters. We'll leave you with some of these beautiful images. Thanks for joining us and stay tuned for more world news coming up here on France 24.